Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. Have you ever wondered what it's like to hang out with an amazing, creative individual? I have had a chance to do that on a number of occasions on this podcast, but none of those experiences has been like the time that I spent sitting down with Matthew Cooper, the chef from The Preacher's Son in Bentonville. This guy has taken culinary skills and plates that you would just blow your mind, the simplest of ingredients, and taken it to a higher level. And today, we are going to learn the superhero origin story of Matthew Cooper and his time here in Northwest Arkansas and what he's done to change the palates of this community when it comes to gluten-free cooking. Stay tuned for this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. And today, yes, that's right. Today, I finally 
got connected with Chef Matthew Cooper from The Preacher's Son. I am here inside their restaurant, which is a revitalized church building with some of the greatest window murals that you could ever see. And I actually came here a couple of weeks ago and had dinner and I wanted to eat here before I actually interviewed Chef Matt. And he was kind enough to send us out some fabulous desserts. And I'll talk more about his food later, but I wanted to learn more about the man. And so without further ado, Chef Matt Cooper, it is so great to have you here on the podcast. Thank yeah, you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You, you were you were kind enough to have me in here early in the morning as you prepare. And I got a chance to walk through the kitchen and see the hustle and bustle of you know, the before, right? You know, before you actually yeah, get Yeah, it's pretty crazy done. every morning. Absolutely. I can imagine. So, but uh, why don't you just kind of share with the audience here and, and you know, again, our, the focus here on the North, I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast is simply the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life. And you kind of have a melding of culture and entrepreneurship and life all meld into one when you look and business because you've got a business and you have a life and you impact this community in a lot of ways. And one of the reasons why I actually even sought you out and kept persisting to try to get you on the podcast was because this restaurant kept coming up over and over again by every guest when I asked them about where they like to eat. And people would say, the preacher's son, the preacher's son. And I'm just like, I said, first of all, who's this son and where is this preacher? I want to meet them and learn more about it. And I honestly, I've been here almost five years and I just did not know about it, you know, yeah. and, and I've learned about a lot of great places to eat around here. I mean, we, I know James on the Mill has closed and there, but there have been a lot of others to take up its place and, mm-hmm. uh, around the area. But the beauty is that there's so much to learn about and so much to do. And especially in the culinary world, there is a lot right below the surface here in Northwest Arkansas that's starting to bubble up. And I look at people like you and I believe it's Jason Paul from, from uh, yep, Heirloom, Heirloom. Yep. that you guys are on to something big, but why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Your, as I like to say, your superhero origin story. So, you know, it's, I think it's a, it's a classic story of growing up with the culture of food and, and everything else. And, you know, I grew up in a family, obviously my, my father was a Methodist minister. My grandfather was a Methodist minister. My great grandfather was a minister in the state of Arkansas. So part of those reasons why why the name the preacher's son but we so i grew up in that family where we moved around a lot you know we always my mother was a food technologist entire mom's side of the family actually were food technologists my grandfather helped start the food technology program at u of a and things like that so food science religion culture has always been kind of a, a part of my life and growing up we never really went out to eat so like that community and bringing us together every time, you know, even even as kids when you didn't want to be there at the table with your parents all the time, you know, we always we always had a home cooked meal. So yeah. I think my culinary journey really started at a young age when I when my parents really defined what food and family was, and that's just a huge part of what we do here in this community. And what I do as a chef is bringing people together, not only with the food but with the people back there. You saw all the people when you walked through the kitchen. And they're my family. Yeah. You know, like this is a, you know, I say this a lot, but this is, this is a hard world. It's a hard, a hard place to, to make a living survive. And most people, most of us just survive every day. And, you know, being able to create a culture in which your people thrive and, and you feel like a family and you're supported and, and given the opportunity to be creative and, and take risks in a safe, nurturing environment, especially in a kitchen is, is just kind of new for kitchens. 
especially, I mean, I grew up in, in your classic, you know, brigade system kitchens and, and things like that. And it was, you know, it was always rough. I was good at it because I came from that kind of that family dynamic background that I understood that like, that's the boss, that's the chef. I need mm-hmm. to be able to put my, my head down and, you know, and just do what he says until it's my turn to have that, to that voice. Um, you know, not <laughs> some other people didn't really you know, you saw people go in and out that didn't really do that. And so we have that opportunity to do that. But going back to kind of growing up, you know, I grew up in in rural towns in Arkansas. My father was a Methodist minister. We moved about every two years. Sometimes we'd live at a place four years maximum. So I think I've lived in about 32 different places now (laughs) in my my life. And and most of them were in, in Arkansas, minus Austin, Texas for a brief stint, and then Portland, Oregon, where I got my formal training, but I'd already been cooking for about 13 years, and then worked my way all over Southwest Waterfront and uh, cooked in places in Austin, too, when I was younger as well. So we moved back to Arkansas after my wife and I, we had a daughter, and we moved back to Arkansas, and we've been back now since about 2011. Okay. And so moved to Arkansas, or moved to Little Rock, helped open a few restaurants there, and then kind of got the opportunity to move up to Northwest Arkansas. And, you know, I'd been here before when before I moved to Austin, I lived here before for or after I moved back from Austin for a brief stint. And, um, you know, there wasn't a lot going on here at all, honestly. And uh, so when I got the opportunity to come up here, I just opened my last restaurant in in Little Rock and and, you know, it was been open for about about a year. And we, uh, you know, Rope Swing started talking to me. They said, you really need to come up here and check this out. And I said, "Okay, well. You know, I kind of, I didn't have time and I was really busy because I was executive chef and general manager, which I've done the last few concepts and, and opened this one as well as that. But now we have an amazing team that helps us accomplish all the things that we want to accomplish. And um, it was, I, I came up and once I came up, I saw what was happening here. Yeah. And, you know, there wasn't that much going on right now. I don't think James in the Mill had closed at that point, but you had in Northwest Arkansas, you had Matt McClure at the Hive that had just been built. And. I've been here about five years now, a little bit over actually. And then, um, you know, you had Rob Nelson over at Tuscan Trotter. And as far as downtown, Luke Wetzel was about to open Oven and Tap. They were just in the talks about getting that together. But other than that, there wasn't really anything culinary-wise going on downtown. You had the old press room that was over there on Main. And we, you know, I moved here. And as soon as I came up, I said, wow, this is this is great. And for the first time in my career, it was the, it was that turning point of, you know, we have this amazing building. We want to show it to you. It's in a church. And I was, you know, that was taken with that, obviously, first. And then then they said, you know, but I had developed, I've had celiac my entire life. And, you know, classical training had just thrown it over the over the loop and, and just made it so hard for me to, to continue on doing that. So I was at a turning point in my career where I had to say, I can't do another restaurant unless I'm allowed to be 100% gluten-free. And then you know, rope swing didn't didn't bat an eye. Wow! They just said sure, and I think that really speaks volumes to what's happening in Northwest Arkansas and the faith that they're putting in in the people here because we care about this community and we're wanting to 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 grow it and nurture it as it just like we do in this kitchen here. And um, you know that really that really made me take a step back and say, wow, someone's really willing to do this. I mean, we're in this restaurant right now. You can see the magnitude of what it is, and for us to say that we have a gluten free restaurant in Arkansas, right. in this place, in this time of the world, it's it's a little, it's significant, right? Yeah. Um, and we didn't really talk about that. So we decided, you know, we, we had a, my wife and I had an herb store that was right next to the restaurant that was kind of our dream as well. And we had just opened it about a, a year after uh, before and uh, where we had, you know, all these amazing different, we had about 1,500 different herbs, spices, and teas from all over around the world. And we mixed our own blends and culinary blends and did that. So I had that like 
that in my backpack like all the time. You know, I just walk out of the restaurant and walk into my herb store and I can get whatever spices I wanted and use. So it was, it was really awesome. So we, we decided to pack up and move. And we just took that risk just like we did back in the day with, with Portland. And, uh, and, and we've seen great return on it because this community is, you know, every move that we've made in, our, in my career especially has been to how can I, how can I make more of a difference? Yeah. You know, and, and better, you're always thinking about how to better your family situation as well. The schools up here are amazing. And so man, my daughter's found really amazing friends and that's, and that's great. We were just talking about that a minute ago, but the ability to be able to, to change a community and, and help it grow is, is hugely a part of my dynamic and my goals as a, as a human. And it has been, it has been easier up here to be able to do that and make such a difference. The community of chefs here is just really amazing. And we all kind of work together cohesively and, and, and talk about things and, and think about how we're going to move forward together as a community and, and how we're complementing each other and not competing with each other. So it's a very different dynamic than in a lot of other big cities where you're, you're trying to define yourself as who you are and right. you know separate yourself from everyone else so that you can be successful. Where here, I think it's very different. I think you're, you're trying to, to be yourself, but you're also trying to complement everyone else. I mean, so when people come in here, you know, I say they're in dinner, like, where, where should we go for, you know, dessert or drinks, you know, and it's that kind of that loop around downtown. Well, you can go to Oven and Tap, get an appetizer. You can come here, get an appetizer, go up on the roof and then go to dessert over at the Hive. You know, there's that, we're so close right. where you can just walk and have an entire culinary experience in one night. And we've got places popping up everywhere that, that make that possible. So that's kind of how I got here, my right. quick synopsis. Yeah. Man, it just seems like, you know, what you what you are speaking about is something that I've been hearing intimated by just about everyone that I've spoken to here in Northwest Arkansas, and that that there is there is, and I, it's hard to explain it, but I guess the one word as you were talking that I thought about was camaraderie. Yeah, you know, people are just like, hey, you know, we're all here together. Let's let's make the best of it. Yeah, let's do some some really cool things and. You know, we'll see who comes. Yeah. And I mean, with the number of people that are moving here to this area, and I think it's, I don't want to get analytical about it, but it's 32.2 or four net new people a day are moving to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. Like 35,000 people come into Bentonville every day yeah. for business right. and then leave every day. So we, we're presented with a very unique opportunity and honestly, an income flow that, that helps us kind of achieve a lot of those goals that we want to do, you know? So we get that influx of people during the week that a lot of big cities do that they get from foot traffic. Right. We get from that influx of business, which kind of is, is a great fueling point to help us accomplish some of the goals that we want to and, and keep us afloat while we do a lot of things that a lot of places in Arkansas can't do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I think that that is great. So tell me a little bit about, so Rope Swing came to, to come to talk to you. Did you know about Rope Swing beforehand? No, I had a friend who was a, a a chef and an amazing bartender, and she kept kind of hounding me for a while to to come up and talk to him. And then that that just kind of happened organically. They they reached out, and uh, because they kept hearing, which made me feel good, you know, that kind of hit with some of my morals and values. They they kept my name kept coming up in their circles. Yeah, on because of what they were talking about and what they wanted out of this restaurant and and the community and. Uh, and that was nice. That was refreshing. You know, so that's kind of how that, that happened. My name just kept popping up and they, they reached out and they kind of didn't let go until, until, <laughs> until I, you said yes. Well, until I at least came up and, and checked it out. And, you know, it, honestly, it, it, as soon as I came into town and 
you know, and, and, and saw this, this restaurant. That right. Was, that was it. Yeah. I had what, made my was it in its current state? Or? No, no, I no. didn't think so. No. When I came onto the property, it was, I mean, there was, it was wire, all wires and iron rod beams for the floor. Okay. None of, none, nothing was finished out. I mean, it was a shell. Yeah. 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 It was a shell. I mean, we had rebuilt the building and taken the roof off, put it back on. I mean, Brian Soleil at, at Heart and Soul Contractors and... They just, they just didn't. He put his heart job. and soul into it. Oh yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I Chip, love that. Chip name. Chambers, Chip Chambers was the the lead architect on the project for its entirety, and 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 those two gentlemen are just, you know, again in this community, and and just amazing. And we had some other amazing people too. Photo Studios, Jet Butler, do some do the design work and the creative and things like that. And then um, uh, some other people, SAR uh, contractors out of Denver, I think helped out, helped us out a lot too. So. Just an amazing group of creative people that really, you know, but that foundation was here in the community. Yeah. Right. And I think that's so essential when you're doing something, especially of this magnitude, to have that foundation and the lead people like have stake here. Yeah. You know, and and that kind of gives it that that success, I think. Yeah. That's amazing. Talk a little bit about your experience just moving into, because you had never done a exclusively gluten-free restaurant, right? Before? Right. Okay. So what has that been like? I mean, I'm not, I don't have celiac, but I have attempted to, in certain periods of my life, go gluten-free. I did it for a year and a half mm-hmm. and it was amazing. My headaches went away. A, a number of issues that I dealt with. I read Wheat Belly, of mm-hmm. course. So, you know, yeah. you've got all this stuff. And I mean, there's always talk about it. I've actually had somebody else on the podcast, um, Joseph Suarez, who works at the University of Arkansas, and he is celiac. And he came on the podcast because I wanted to kind of talk about how does an individual that lives a gluten-free lifestyle survive in the land of the, you know, the the, the chicken nugget and, yeah. and everything else right. that's around here. And so people just kind of People don't, I don't think people fully appreciate and understand what has to go into creating a true gluten free lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, what was that like for you undertaking that? Even though for you, it's a personal thing. Right. Well, I'm celiac. Right. So I, you know, it, it, it's a lot easier than it seems, especially I would say as a chef. So there's definitely some creative challenges. You know, the biggest challenges that we face are going to be where we get our food from. Right. You know, and that's that's what I tell my guests all the time. And we still don't really advertise that we're gluten free because there's still that little bit of a stigma and, and people think that gluten free means healthy or da, da, da. like no, you can eat sugar all day, it's gluten free, it's fine. Right. You know. Yeah. But you know, it it just what it means is we have to source all of our ingredients and all of our products. And you know, we are primarily a farm restaurant. You know, we get all of our, our products from local farms. We get our meat from local farms. You know, we've, and, and that's, that's in our, our mission plan is every week we're picking up a local vendor. We might have one guy that we order basil from, and that's all he brings us. And we might have one person, you know, we have some of the first farm fresh eggs, you know, that are graded by the USDA now. So we actually have farm eggs coming from the USDA because there's huge regulations on eggs in Arkansas to get farm eggs. Right. So, you know, we're, we're the one of the first that I know that are actually doing that. We pay for them, but it's worth it because our guests expect that and it makes it a little bit, it makes it a little bit easier to do that. But I think the biggest challenge about gluten-free is, is, you know, coming from a classical background and making pastas every day and bread every day. It's like, how do you, how do you maintain all those? Cause all I hear, like when I'm, <laughs> when I make gnocchi, all I hear is, you know, one of my chefs in my head going little pillows and just screaming at me, you know, like, no, don't overwork it, da, 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 you know, and all those things. And, you know, I have to take that with me when I, when I create something here as well. And it has to be the same, you know, or at least as close to the same as, as possible. And I think we've done a really good job. You know, some things we're still working on and, 
things like that. But, you know, 90% of it is just making sure that my vendors, you know, the big vendors that we use. So if you use a major food vendor like Benny Keith or something like that, then when we have to, they have to know where they're getting their products from. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, that's the, the great thing about that is, is that my entire family were food technologists. So I understand about industrialization and how packaging is different or a facility, maybe two companies own a facility and one processes wheat the first half of the day and the next one processes rice and corn and, and, you know, all soybeans and everything else. So it's understanding those dynamics that, that make it hard because if it's celiac, then that means that we can't have anything that's processed in a facility, processed in a facility that has wheat because that possible cross contamination mm-hmm. because it's not an allergy it's an autoimmune disorder it's a disease just like anything else right so a speck and a a speck and a whole thing of bread are the, exactly the same thing you know it's, so it's that's that's the difficult part that is is making sure that we're sourcing from companies that you know that understand where they're where they're getting their products from yeah. 100% right. and then those companies have to be held accountable to that other than that you know the restaurant industry doesn't really have you know, the way that it's moving forward, like you don't go to m- most restaurants and they just automatically sit bread down or stuff like that. We have gluten-free bread. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, we source it right now. We just, we, we have a tiny little kitchen. We used to, we used to make it and it just, our business grows so, so much that we couldn't keep up with that. Hopefully we'll have a, you know, some different options later on working with a local gluten-free bakery that started up not long ago and, and we're working towards a lot of really cool things. But, you know, the challenge with gluten-free is just really it's not even just with gluten-free, it's with allergies in general. Like we're the restaurant that can accommodate those, you know, those allergies and those dietary restrictions. And, and I love that because yeah. it keeps us creative and it gives us the opportunity for people to, to be able to do and, and eat the way they want without feeling afraid. And that's something that I feel like our state is really lacking, you know, is that, that accommodation without being, you know, like, oh God, these people can't have this or that, or they can't have dairy or they can't do that. Or da, da, da. And that's, you know, Whatever arrogance I had as a chef to be like, you know, I understand that I'm passionate about my food and everything like that. But if you come in and and, and you can't have something, then that's then that's just a way for me to creatively build a better experience for you, you know. And so so we try to do that as as best we can. And, and, And that's pretty much the, you know, the hardest thing is just sourcing the ingredients. Other than that, if it's something's not possible, then then it's not even in your wheelhouse. So like if I think about I'm going to make this amazing pasta, da, 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 then I can't use flour at all because it's never been in the building. So it's, it's not in my ingredient list. Right. <laughs> so my brain is trained now. Now, originally during the transition, I had already, my brain had already been in that movement for a long time, even with my last restaurant. It's just, I, you know, the last restaurant we did fresh pasta and everything like that. And I had sous chefs that, that would make it for me because I had trained them years before and I had that that help. And, and so they made all that stuff, but I'm still the chef. So I had to try all the sauces to yeah. make sure that the consistency was going out. And that's what was making me really sick. And so it was pretty easy actually to transition from, yeah. to being gluten-free because I had, my brain was prepared to make that move, you know, for quite some time. So that was interesting as well. So it's been a fun process for sure. And interesting and definitely challenging at times. Like we've got, we've got, you know, we nailed down a Noki, we nailed down a, nailed down a, a spatzel which I have classic German training as well. And that was one of those things that was super important to me, you know? So, and we bring that back every, every winter. We bring a Spatzel Mac back every winter and that's, that's pretty fun. I have to come and get that. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I love, I love uh, like the German Spätzle and, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. It's really, Spätzle, really Spätzle, Spätzle. Yeah. Spätzle, yeah. yeah. So that's awesome, man. So I love the, the attention to detail. I know that I had what I think is probably one of the best 
fried chickens that I've ever had. Yeah. That had no breading on it or anything. It right. was just the skin was just fried perfectly. And yeah. the taste and the texture. And it's hard to describe, you know, through audio, but this chicken was so juicy and it was it was like crackly and, and you bit into it and it was just like everybody at my table was eating off my plate because it was so good. I mean, everything else was really good too, but I was just amazed at what you were able to do with that bird. And Yeah, uh, so we have, a, we have a really unique opportunity here, like I said, being, being in Bentonville to be able to source from really amazing vendors. So our chicken comes from across the creek farms. Terrell okay. Spencer is, you know, he's, he's been up and running. He's, you know, he was a war veteran, three-time war veteran. Wow. Uh, he's a little, a little bit older than me, and he, he moved back, and he has this huge background in agriculture and horticulture and he knows you know and with the u of a and everything else and he wanted to build a farm but the land that he had you know he just couldn't find good land to to build on so he turned it into a chicken farm and it you know it overlooks he they told him he couldn't build a chicken farm on the side of the mountain and he did you know <laughs> and it's amazing you yeah. go out there and it overlooks razorback stadium you've got you know he moves he moves the chickens every single day so every single day he's out there moving the like six or seven paddocks that he's that he's got them in and it's a very different way of farming than than most of us have, have ever been used to growing up there's no coops there's no stability so all the yolks you know like everything he's doing he's engine he's they it's all organic you know all natural raised. his feeds gluten-free he sources it he built that recipe you know it's just what he's doing with those chickens and that's the superior product all we do is we take that superior product and we and we treat it right right right, right. so it it's not saying that we're not creative with what we do i'm just saying that's that's our vision is from everything from where we source our salt. You know, one of my, one of my mentors in this industry said, judge a chef by the simplest things that he does, you know, go in and have the chicken, right? The chicken's good. Then everything else is good. Yeah. You know, all, a lot of chefs want to focus on one thing. They're like, this is this. And you have fluff on the menu. So yeah. when people come in and they're like, what's your favorite? And I'm like, actually, all of it's my favorite. We have a very small, narrow focus on what we want to do. And it doesn't make it to that menu unless we feel like there's a reason for it. You know, during the height of the season, we have hyper seasonal changes. You know, when Neil family blueberries come in, that lasts for about a month. We, then we have a blueberry salad for a month, and then we use blueberries for dessert and everything else, and then it's gone. Yeah, and then we have to pretty we have to react pretty quickly because pretty soon after that, the figs and uh, the figs start, and some small varieties of pears start. We have some guys growing that are coming in soon, so you know it gives us the opportunity to use these amazing products, and and that's kind of what we what we focus on. That that keeps us creative and, and evolving and and also it keeps that relationship going with our community right and and we kind of have the saying that you know if if our vendors are not relying on us to feed their families then we're not doing our job exactly you know and and that means that it's a very different relationship than than a lot of other people have i feel like because we when we build a relationship with a farmer they're creative just like we are and they are passionate about what they're growing so nine times out of ten that creation of that relationship is what do you grow and then how can I guarantee you that we're going to give you all of that business? Right. So when we started with Fat Top Farms, Trey Bauckham at Fat Top Farms, you know, he was at the famous farmer's market. He was growing oyster mushrooms. And we decided, you know, I said, I'm from the Pacific Northwest too. So I was like, mushrooms are king. You know, they're all over my arm. Right. Um, and I said, you know, I, I would, have you thought about growing any other mushrooms? He's like, no, not, he's like, no, not really, but I'm open to it. I was like, okay, well, what if I took like 70% of your, your mushroom business? Right. You know, and he was like, Huh? <laughs> I was like, I just, you can't bring me enough. Right. And then, right. so we've had those mushrooms and fromage blanc cheese with toasted bread on our menu since. And, you know, 
now 70% of 80% of his business is us. And uh, he, we struggle every week to get enough now because right. um, we have him every on the menu. And now he grows lion's manes for us and things like that. And that's one of those success stories. Not only, but those people are like family. Yeah. You know, like our vendors become more than vendors, their relationships and they're our family. And then we grow together. Whether we do things out in the community together or, or you know, create things together, you know, it, it creates a different relationship. And I think that's, I think that's what set, definitely sets us apart because it's, you know, I do like to tell people, it's one of my things that I say that is, you know, we're a 70% a relationship builder and 30% a chef. Just happy that I can cook. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, I love that because, you know, it goes back to a word that I've seen you describe, which was that word nurture. And certainly you, you make it a point to nurture not just your team members, but nurture the community at large. And that leads me to this next conversation because I could go on and on with all the things that you're doing, but I had a chance to talk with somebody over at Apple Seeds that thinks the world of you. And I know that you've had a lot of involvement over there in their teaching kitchen and you've gone and participated in some of their, their fundraising dinners mm -hmm. and put on a real show. And uh, one of the pieces of feedback that I got about you was simply this. It said that um, they said that uh, Appleseeds had the pleasure to host Matt at a guest chef for one of our kitchen table dinners at the teaching farm. Of course, his food was outstanding, but it's more than that. Some of our guests came to the dinner because they knew they could trust his food. We don't hear that often. And then they also said that you had a chance to observe some of the farm to table campers cooking in their teaching kitchen and that you didn't sit by, but that you quickly got involved helping them cut and prep the food. And so that speaks volumes to, you know, where you are. And it, it just a, a further, you know, points out this whole idea about nurturing and how it's beyond just the four walls of this building and what you're able to do. And so I certainly, that's what, one, that was another reason why, because people that I've talked to just that glint in their eye when they would mention the preacher's son was palpable. And I would be like, wow, okay, this place must be special. I got to get here. Now I've got to make this a regular stopping place. But the idea is that people need to know in Northwest Arkansas that these kind of establishments exist, that people like Matt Cooper exist, that they're doing some really great things here. Not that they aren't doing them in other places. And you mentioned Austin earlier. I personally think that, because I remember Austin before South by Southwest, I personally think that Northwest Arkansas is on the precipice of being kind of like another Austin. I'm using air quotes here, hopefully with a better infrastructure because the traffic yeah, in Austin no, is horrendous. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I just think that I just see some similarities to both locations, but I try to explain to people what this place is like and they're like, well, is it flat? And I'm like, no, we're actually in rolling hills. And I try to describe it. I'm in the middle of creating a logo for I am Northwest Arkansas and I've had to go through several iterations to describe because people would make these jagged mountains. And I'm like, no, it's not the Alps or the Rockies. Right. They're just rolling hills. Yeah. And they're mountainous rolling hills, but they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you just, you just don't realize it until you're here, until you see it. And for anybody listening to this podcast that's never been in Northwest Arkansas, obviously you got to come not just to see the sights and sounds. You got to come and, you know, sit at a table with a, with a chef, Matt Cooper or or somebody else and, and just experience what this area is all about. There is so much happening here. And, and again, one of the goals of this show is to be a, a business card and, and to be a calling card for this area. Right. And I mean, you represent what this area is all about. And so I, I really appreciate you just kind of, you know, sharing your experiences and what you were doing here. 
what's next for Matt Cooper? You know, I think, I think, you know, this is, I moved up here for this. So what's next is just continue to, you know, evolve this beautiful city and, and this community and this restaurant into what I know it can become. You know, how do we get to a point where 95% local, you know, within a few range, you know, in the summertime, in the peak season, how do we get to a point where we draw away from those social norms of restaurants and to where we have to have something on the menu. Like we have to have a steak on the menu. We have to have this. How do I pull away from those things that maybe are not being produced in this area and not trying to jump on the local movement. It's not about saying that it's about just, there's a reason why we're doing it, not just to say it. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the hardest thing. And that's why we really, you know, we have a small little snippet on our menu that says where we we're our local friends. I want people to just trust what we do and why we do. But that's that's the evolution of this restaurant is how do we further dive into this community? How do we further bring more people up and get them bigger so they can go off and, and expand their farms and hire more workers and, and expand their families and, and do that together and how we can train more culinarians, work with Brightwater and some of the other chefs and really start to, to build this culinary scene here because, you know, beyond anything else, like the one thing that brings people together all the time is food. Yeah. You know, it's the one thing that can people can always talk about. Like we talked about how my sister was from Africa and or lives in Africa and, and there like she could bring food from there and I could we could eat it from here. And there's so many different evolutionarily thinking like those spices and things that come from that area. We're all familiar with. Right. So being able to build that community through food, because it's like that's the gateway to like talking to each other and accepting each other. Right. And I think we have a very unique opportunity here at the Preacher's Sun because we deal with all these dietary restrictions. And so people feel like they have this safe place to eat. And they know that from going back to the point of, you know, judge a chef by as simplest things he does. You know, the salt that we use comes from the, from the Pacific coast. Right. You know, the butter we use is European butter. It's local. But, you know, in the cheese we use is local if we can do it. And And that's not to be arrogant. That's just to say that we care about everything that we do from our employees to their families to like the smallest little ingredients that we order that's the base of anything that we do doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes it doesn't mean that you know that we don't struggle because all of us do all the time but it's how we resolve ourselves through that struggle that gives us the opportunity to evolve together so it's just really neat we're just we really are blessed to be able to do that and to be able to be a part of this community. And, and I'm blessed to have such an amazing staff that some of them came from Little Rock with me and, and came up. And then some of them have stayed the entire time. You know, we've retained our staff. We have a, a good group of happy people. So I'm just I'm just really happy that I have the family that here that I do. You know, they see me more than, than my family does. So, right, right. You know, and that's kind of the way that it is yeah, in, in, the, yeah. in the industry. So it's like, you know, you don't want to work in a in a brutal environment, you want to work in this environment where, you know, every time you walk in, you know, and you you're know, happy to see people, you're happy to see people. Right. You get so, the, you get the norm from cheers greetings. Yeah. So, so we're always, we're always trying for that. And then, you know, some days you walk in, you're like, Hey, but that's hey. how it is though. Yeah. In regular, in yeah. real life. I mean, so. they're family. Like yeah, we, exactly. we, we, we laugh like a family. We, we get angry like a family. And we argue like, like a family. A family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So two things I want to end on. One is I talked to Jeremy Gawthorpe from the, um, Woodstone Pizzeria, formerly Greenhouse Grill, and then the Roots Festival. You're involved with the Roots Festival, as is Graham Elliott, and just a a headline of 
culinary chefs from around the country that right. are descending upon this area here in Northwest Arkansas. What does that mean, not just for you, but for this area with that type of firepower coming I mean, this I way? think that that is just recognition of what's happening in this area yeah. and the hard work that people like Jeremy and, and all of us are putting into getting focus on this area, not for all different reasons, to build our local economy, to give us some recognition so that we can jump away from some of the stigmas that are associated with, with the South and, and everything else. I think there's, there's a whole huge movement on, on why we do that. But to be able to have some of those amazing people that already have that recognition wanting to come and be involved with what we're doing here is, is amazing. And yeah. we try to put our best foot forward. You know, we always, we always go with any of those events and we're not, you know, we're, it's very thoughtful on what we're, what we're serving at those events, because we want to, we want to make sure that everyone knows, like, this is what, what we represent. So we're not just going to those things and like throwing something on the plate. It's, it's something that we've thought about and it's everything that you're going to see there, you know, is a representation of the chef that's putting it on that plate. And they're doing it for a very thoughtful and, and specific reason, you know, whether it be people are using local goat or local lamb or anything like that. They're, they're trying to showcase those products and then the talent, that was represented through them. So I I just think that that event, especially Roots Festival is just so amazing with all the creative musicians that are coming in and, and all the chefs, you know, that we get to do it. And it's, it's a crazy weekend, you know, it's, it's nuts. It's coming up really quickly. And I love the collaborations that we get to do with the other chefs because, you know, we do have that tight knit community, but we never hardly see each other unless they come into the restaurant. Right. You know, and that's, it's pretty much what happens. We have that collective group. And if we go out with our, our spouses or something like that, we're going, to another restaurant and, and they have to know we're there and, and things like that. So other than that, we don't see each other. So it gives us a unique opportunity to kind of collaborate with and each other out. and do some fun stuff. Right. Yeah. And yeah. have a day, you know, where you're, you know, sweating like crazy in the, you know, 98 degree heat. Putting the work in. Arkansas. Right. <laughs> putting know, the work in. Serving 800 people in three hours. It, and it can be done mm-hmm. and it will be done. The Roots Festival is the 21st to the 25th of August of this month. If you're hearing this uh, podcast in August of 2019, and if not, if it's after, just uh, go to rootsfest.org and um, find out what they're going to be planning for next year because this is their 10th year, and each year it, it just keeps getting better. So, yeah, no, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, so it'll be good. Finally, I'm going to put you on the spot. I am going to ask you, for, for people that are listening to this that either are trying to be gluten-free or maybe have celiac, what hidden gems have you found here in Northwest Arkansas, food-wise, prepared food-wise, that are really, really good, especially for someone in that lifestyle and, of eating, and, or whether it's required or just they prefer to do it? Right. So I would say, un- un- unfortunately, as far as restaurants go, you're going to need to stick to the restaurants where, where there's a chef yeah. that has, you know, because they have the knowledge of that cross-contamination and stuff like that, and they can actually, you know... Matt McClure is really good at the hive. Even even Luke Wetzel, even though it's pizza and stuff like that, he has some. He can definitely navigate some options for you. You know, a lot of the corporate restaurants are actually uh, they have good gluten free menus now. You know, it just depends on the quality of products that you want. And then you know, it, my advice is that if you have celiac, you probably have you know that autoimmune disorder anyway and so you're presented with a very unique opportunity just to give yourself a better life through food mm-hmm. and that give you know whole food vegetable diet you know anything like that is is something you know just know where your food's coming from 
it gives you the opportunity to, it pushes you to be more creative with how you think and feel about food. Yeah. And, you know, the farmer's markets are a great place to go. I mean, we have a rule in, in my house and we, and we jump out, you know, we all have our little things like, you know, I cheat on Cheetos every once in a while, <laughs> but you know, we have a rule in our house that, you know, if we don't understand one of the ingredients on the back of a nutrition label, then we shouldn't, then we shouldn't eat it. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge thing for celiacs. You know, you, and coming from a food technology background, that's one of those things where you really do. So my advice would be is just to always know what's in your food. Yeah. And being able to do that gives you the health and the security to understand that you can move forward and be comfortable with what you're eating. And just, you know, if you ever get the chance to cook them something from scratch, then that's what you should be doing. Yeah. You okay. know, because it's a, it's a different environment. You know, it's a, it's a whole different thing. That's why when you talk about the apple seeds, when... You know, when if I ever go out and talk to anyone or teach anyone how to do anything, I'm, I'm nine times out of ten I'm not doing a uh, a food demo. Right. I'm doing a knife skills demo. Yeah. Because once you can get comfortable with a knife, then you feel comfortable trying to create something. Right. And it becomes a completely different experience. So it's just not about feeding yourself. It's about an entire experience. It's about maybe getting together with your family and you're listening to music and you're cutting up vegetables and you're talking, you're laughing, or you're arguing or you're doing whatever but it it becomes very a very different experience than just like i need food or i want to eat that right it becomes a conversation and that conversation evolves into something that's really i think obviously which is why i do this something really beautiful and outside of apple seeds are you doing any other cooking classes where you're giving people some instruction like because now you've got me wanting to learn how to cut with my cut my food better so. so we do we don't you know i'm you know i'm hoping to be more involved with apple seeds and teach some things, but definitely, you know, I, I go into the high schools, I've taught culinary classes there, I've helped out with Brightwater, you know, hopefully in the future, you know, what's next, you know, is to be able to be more involved and actually start some programs that, that revolve around that, right. you know, maybe in, you know, we're doing, working with the Ignite program okay. now to kind of do some things like that. I'm doing something like that next week. So we're, you know, we're really excited about being able to have the time because up until this point, it's been, you know, I've, I've been a man on the line, which yeah. is the way I like it. Right. Obviously, all chefs like that, but doesn't mean that's necessarily always our role yeah. as mentors and things like that. So really, really happy at the opportunity to be able to move forward and, and with the staff that I have now and be able to dive into those, you know, into the high school, into the, you know, into the elementary schools that we've done before. And you'd be amazed, like five-year-olds can pick up the scariest knife in the world and start immediately small dicing stuff with the, just the quick few like adjustments of where they need to hold their hands. It's just all about feeling comfortable. And then it's something that's truly exciting. And then to they start, them learn. then they yeah. start, yeah. And then yeah. they start thinking about, you know, like what's, possible? what's that? That's a cauliflower. Yeah. I know how to cut that. That's a, da, 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 you know, yeah. and, and then, then the world opens up instead of seeing that's a bag of chips on the shelf <laughs> or that's macaroni in a box, you know, and there's nothing wrong with those things. I'm right. not saying anything that I grew up, I grew up on those things, but the ability to see where your food comes from really is a life changer with from everything in your in your life. It teaches you and makes you think about everything. Yeah. From, you know, how the road was built or whatever. You start seeing things and you know that. You open up anything, any little doorway you open into your brain makes you open more doorways. Yeah. Well, man. That you, you, I'll leave it at that because I could go on. I've got other questions, but I know you got to get ready for your lunch group that's coming in soon and and uh Chef Matt, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. What you have shared here, I think, is going to be impactful for our listeners, especially for those people that aren't from this area that want to learn a little bit more about NWA and what's happening here. Yes, we've got some really 
great restaurants. We've got some amazing chefs. We've got the culinary skills that pay the bills right here in Northwest Arkansas. So certainly want to encourage you to check it out. And if you live locally and you've never been to The Preacher's Son, come on down here. We're right at A and 2nd Street. I'm, I'm including myself in that as, I'm, as if I'm part of the restaurant. But they are right at A and 2nd Street in a beautiful building. It, yes, it looks like a church because it was. Mm-hmm. And you can come in here and break bread, no pun intended. And just check it out. You might, it might even feel like a choir. You, it, it feels like when you walk into this building that a choir should be in here and then organist and everything else. But I got to tell you, I've had the food here. It is outstanding. And if you've never been to the preacher's son, you need to come out and check out what chef Matt is doing and his amazing team, his family back there in the kitchen that are just putting out some amazing culinary delights. So just want to encourage you to do that. I'll put, what is the website for The Preacher's Son? It's thepreacherson.com. Preacher's Son, there you go. Thepreacherson.com. I'll put all of that, how you can get in touch with uh, Chef Matt in the show notes if you want to learn more about what he's doing, everything that's going on here. And I'll probably tie in a couple of other articles that have been written about Chef Matt. The restaurant has actually been voted on as a James Beard. You didn't win James Beard. Last right? year we were a fine. Last year finalist. in 2018 we were a finalist for best new restaurant design. Best 70 new restaurant seats design. and under, I do believe. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's cool. great. Yeah. And then you can also get us on our uh, the ropeswinggroup.com right. website that right. has all of our all of our restaurants. We I think all of us have something really amazing going on. So we're a yeah. part of a bigger team of people that really are moving things forward. And my goal is to make my way around to all of the amazing people at Rope Swing that are doing some cool things. Yeah, so just make I- sure you ask all the chefs about me. They might have some fun things to say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll figure it out. Well, there you go, folks. Chef Matt Cooper from The Preacher's Son. I finally got him on the show. And now you know what everybody was talking about. You just need to come down here and see it for yourself if you haven't had a chance to sit under his table and enjoy his amazing cooking. Once again, Chef Matt Cooper from The Preacher's Son, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. We really appreciate you. Man, such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. Another amazing podcast. I am so glad that I got a chance to connect with Chef Matt. This was truly a treat, and um, I just really want to encourage you to come check this place out when you get a chance. I think I've probably said that 72 times since the beginning of the podcast, but I mean it. Come down here to The Preacher's Son. If you eat it and you don't like it, send me the bill. I'll figure out some way to pay it, okay? But the bottom line is it's definitely worth your time and effort to get here to Bentonville and check them out. Again, I appreciate each and every one of you that listens to the podcast on a regular basis. You guys are why I do this. Some people ask me, why am I doing this? I'm not getting paid for it. It is just a passion of mine. It's something that I love doing. I love interviewing and meeting new people like Chef Matt and so many others that I've had on the podcast and so many more that I plan to have on the podcast, but I can't do it without you, the listeners. So please, when you get a chance, if you could give us a review on iTunes or our Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you find a good podcast and you listen to this show, you can even listen to me on Alexa. Yes, you can. If you have an Alexa in your house, just say, hey, Alexa, play I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast, and it will actually play the podcast. I'll put some information on our website at IamNorthwestArkansas.com about how you can use your Alexa skills to check us out there, but we're anywhere that a good podcast is. So come check out I Am Northwest Arkansas, and we'll be back next week with another amazing episode for you. We'll teeing it up, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I think you will enjoy it. That's all I have for now. I will see you next week. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.